So tonight, we're very privileged to have Dr. Robert Yoho from California with us, and we're going to ask him a few questions uh, about COVID and about the drug companies. Robert is the author of a number of books. Uh, I think his most recent was Butchered by Healthcare. Is that right, Robert? Thank you so much, Robert, um, Russell, and, uh, and I'm, it's a privilege to be here, and that's correct. You know, I yeah. rode around Guernsey on a bicycle last week, and you live in the most beautiful place on earth, I got to admit. And it was a beautiful spring day. And of course, this was on YouTube. <laughs> I couldn't get in. I so I, I did it on YouTube. We haven't had a beautiful sunny day here for some time. I so I, I could have guessed that it was a virtual visit. Yeah. Uh, Robert, as I understand it, and I, uh, I think I know you quite well, um, you are a physician or you're a retired physician in California. When did you graduate from medical school? Oh, my God. I think it was 1981. So I'm 68 years old. So you've been at it for quite a while. And you yeah, I've got a usual, uh, you know, I, I have a usual 25 page uh, curriculum vitae or resume. Uh, but the, the people you're going to hear from tonight are internationally famed authorities, and they they deserve all our respect. I'm absolutely and, and you were a surgeon specifically, is that correct? Yes, I was a cosmetic surgeon. And before that, did you work? Were you in another area of medicine? I, I was a board-certified emergency physician and worked in that. So, so I have a generalist background. You've seen it all. Well, <laughs> in theory. Well, and, I, I haven't. We haven't seen anything like what's happened in the last, you know, two years before. Well, absolutely. I mean, we've we've all been in, we've all been suffering for two years with in, increasing incredulity about what's been happening with with. COVID and the vaccines. Um, now you comment on this. I'm gonna tell you what, what my observations have been and I'll look, look for your expert opinion. Uh, when, when these vaccines were first introduced, we were told that they would be the solution for COVID. And once it turned out that they didn't do what they were supposed to do, which is prevent the recipient of the vaccine from catching COVID, and of course, uh, not pass it on to others. And as it turned out, someone who's double or triple vaccinated or quadruple vaccinated, presumably, uh, we now learn can catch COVID and also pass it on um, to no lesser extent than an unvaccinated person. To so a greater I, extent. To a greater extent. So with your knowledge of the drug companies that you acquired along the way and what you used to write your, your, your books to some extent, do you think that Pfizer knew about this in the beginning, or or were were they just stupid and didn't understand what their product uh, could do or could not do? No, the documentation is massive, and I think I should explain a bit about the drug companies to as a preface for what you're going to hear today for your audience. Um, Jay Leno once said on a European tour, "We ruined our culture. Now we're coming over here to ruin yours," and that's exactly what these drug companies are doing to all of us. They violate more criminal laws than any industry in history as measured by their criminal settlements with US federal prosecutors. And they have their own Wikipedia page of shame and Pfizer tops the list. All your listeners have to do is search for drug company settlements in Wikipedia. So I, I usually lead with this quote from Peter Rost who is a former marketing Pfizer vice president. He said, it's scary how many similarities there are between this industry and the mob. Obscene amounts of money, killings and deaths, bribing politicians and others. The difference is all these people in the drug industry look upon themselves as law-abiding citizens. However, when they get together as a group, 
it's almost like when you have war atrocities, people do things they didn't think they were capable of because the group can validate what you're doing is okay. That's from his book, The Whistleblower. There's another quote I like to read from Henry Lloyd, who was a Park Davis pharmaceutical CEO. He said, if we put horse manure in a capsule, we could sell it to 95% of these doctors. So th these people have been observed by the, the most cautious or the most astute observers of these people have thought they're criminals for decades. And somehow they've obtained a little credibility by supposedly trying to save us from COVID, but we're seeing their, their stratagems written out again on a worldwide stage. And it's, it's now become obvious to a lot of us that they're, they're just simply criminals and, and that they knew exactly what they were doing from the start. So you, you think that at the inception, Pfizer knew that they had a vaccine, which really did, was not a vaccine because it didn't prevent uh, the, the recipient from catching or, or transmitting COVID. You think they knew that from the beginning? Is there any evidence for that? Or is that just a very educated guess from the, their past behavior? No, there's, there's comprehensive documentation. Everything that gets done in research and medicine and all these things are documented comprehensively and your speakers will will um, address that but um, the, the the corruption of this industry and the corruption of these people is hard for an uneducated person to understand and I didn't understand it until I started researching it and I, I didn't understand how bad it was until this COVID and the vaccine thing for example the FDA supposedly is the overseer for U.S. food and drugs and they were highly regarded until recently. And the UK has a similar one called NICE. And the problem is in the United States since the early 2000s, the budget for the FDA comes directly from pharmaceutical companies, over half of it. And so the, if the FDA refuses to approve a drug, they might have trouble making payroll. And so they're essentially sock puppets of big pharma. And so they, they work together to shamelessly fake the drug approval studies with the pharmaceutical companies. They use statistical manipulation, hide studies that don't promote their messages, corrupt research contractors from other countries. And Peter Gercha, who's one of the founders of Cochrane, who some of your listeners may have heard of, said, quote, the pervasive scientific misconduct has led to a research literature where one has to dig deeply to find the few gems in all the garbage. And the BMJ, the Br British Medical Journal, has an editorial in July, time to assume that health research is fraudulent until proven otherwise. So there's no credibility left. So Robert, could you, could you just uh, give us an example or two of, of past transgressions by Pfizer that have resulted in actual criminal convictions of, of Pfizer or other drug companies for that matter, but primarily Pfizer? Well, <laughs> you know, Pfizer's the champ. If you go to, these are billions and billions of dollars a year in criminal settlements. Now, our federal prosecutors are weak enough that they, all they can do is settle companies for uh, these, these uh, criminal actions for billions instead of, they really, there is a point of view from some observers that these companies should be taken down and dismantled uh, piece by piece. Their leaders should be put in jail. They should be bankrupted. But we're not powerful enough to do that because the size of the medical industry in America is the same size as the federal government, roughly. There's only 3.5 trillion in tax revenues collected in America and the medical industry, and pharma is a big part of this, is 4 trillion, right? Well, of course- 
are you saying then that that Pfizer and and their ilk, other other drug companies, are essentially paying money to the people in the government who are who we've tasked with looking after us to look the other way as some of these drugs that aren't effective or in fact are even dangerous come onto the market? That's quite a claim. There. <laughs> You, you get into this material and you realize it's not quite a claim. It's well documented. One of the, one of the research fraud uh, books that I relied upon for my source material for Butchered by Healthcare uh, was a Ben Goldacre's book, Bad Pharma. And that was written 12 or 13 years ago. And all of these frauds were quite uh, available. Uh, you know, they were quite obvious back then. And these companies are allowed to do things like hide the data. For example, the HPV vaccine, which is the wart vaccine, which supposedly prevents cervical cancer, has 50% of the studies hidden. Japan looked at that and threw the studies out that the HPV vaccine is virtually never used in Japan. But in Europe and the US, it is used almost universally because these companies are so powerful here. In government or law, bribes like these could result in firing or criminal prosecution. But in healthcare, all you have to do is disclose the conflict of interest. And then these authors who are purchased by these big corporations can get away with saying whatever they want. They publish in the in largest journals. The corporate ghostwriters write 95% of the articles of the, the major journals. And the journal editors are individually paid hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to look the other way. And they know exactly what's going on. So in the, in the case specific case of, of these COVID vaccines, uh, it's universally acknowledged now that they don't prevent uh, the recipient from catching COVID or passing it on. And yet they're still being forced into people's bodies, not by holding them down and, and, and forcing them to have a, a needle stuck in their arm, except possibly in Austria and Germany now. And Australia. Uh, but, but by excluding people from, from civilization, if they haven't acquiesced and, and had this uh, injection. And since we know it doesn't work and that it doesn't prevent you from catching COVID or transmitting it, how is it in your opinion that Pfizer, I'm using Pfizer sort of generically because there's several companies, but they're the largest. Um, how are they getting away with this? Well, I, I, I hate to, um, it's, a, it's an amazing scene over here in America. And I think the same or worse in Europe. And essentially we have not been a nation of laws for over a year and possibly two years. So um, our constitution has been decimated. Uh, there, there are, we have the constitutional amendments which are more robust than any other law in the world. And all but the second amendment have been essentially uh, destroyed or, uh, or, uh, or ruined. I mean, we, we don't have free speech. We have these um, internet companies who, who are cooperating and paid off and part of the agenda who are censoring almost anything. It's not, it's not allowed to say anything against uh, the vaccine or, or even talk much about COVID. And the, the thing that it's going to be hard to, for your listeners to understand is that this has been pharma's standard operating procedure for decades. And we've seen it recently with these anti-ivermectin marketing campaigns, thousands upon thousands of fake studies and fake news stories and all kinds of stuff. And we also have whistleblowers who are reporting the frauds in the original vaccine studies. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a crazy scene. It's, our, it's a our, um, 
our health director here on the on the island of Guernsey has said that ivermectin doesn't work. Um, what's your view on that? Well, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine have been known for at least a decade to have very good antiviral activity. And within a short time of the onset of this pandemic, they were proven to have excellent avid activity against COVID. 260 studies for hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, which probably is a superior drug. And instantly, both of these drugs are completely safe. They've been used in B billions of people worldwide. And I believe hydroxychloroquine is, is approved for pregnancy, which is uh, the highest standard ever. So um, it's an enormous fraud. And I mean, it's, you know, it's- You mean that the, the, the propagating the story that ivermectin doesn't work to, to help reduce the symptoms of, uh, of COVID. That's, now, that's the fraud. Your speakers will detail this further. Um, COVID is a several stage problem. You know, it's a, a progressive COVID in uh, people who are vulnerable. It has several different stages. And these drugs address several different parts of the uh, disease. You know, for example, steroids and blood thinners address the tremendous tendency of the spike protein to create clots. But the ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and zinc are very good antiviral agents when used together. And this, they're excellent in the start of the, uh, of the disease process and prevent uh, probably 85% plus uh, of the fatalities that occur. I mean, this is, I, yeah. I've seen the stats on that. I mean, it, 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 it's it, stunning. It couldn't, be, it couldn't be any more clear. So this brings up sort of an interesting question to us locally. Our health director uh, is, well, she's not the sharpest pencil in the box, perhaps, which isn't surprising. We're a small little island of 65,000 people. We're not going to get world-class talent here. But I don't believe that Pfizer's long arm of corruption, in which they pay off any number of political figures to keep quiet because they hope they might get a job at Big Pharma one day. I can't imagine that's extended all the way to our health director. How would you, how do you attribute this phenomena of people who are very unlikely to be getting paid money uh, to, to, uh, to turn on their, on, the, on their constituents? Well, what, what would their motivation be? Is, is it just to fit in with the accepted sort of uh, dogma. Uh, the accepted dogma of the day that's put out by the, by the pharmaceutical industry? Okay, so this is, these questions have been politicized. And uh, I mean, it, it's, it's outrageous that a health question where there is objective truth and falsehood uh, is 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 stuck for is brought forth as a political question, but um, the theories which you will hear about in the speakers who are coming up think that there has become kind of a mass hysteria or mass um, uh, groupthink, uh, which we've seen before in the affairs of people, you know, and unfortunately, they, they this seems to have parallels with. Um, Nazi Germany and Stalinist Russia and other areas which have been absolute disasters. But no, this woman is unlikely to understand any of the science, and she is very likely to be have been caught up by the uh, what's become a politically correct and politi politicized issue. And uh, so she she probably believes what she's saying. 
is true. And well, based uh, on no no information, no good. This will, only, this, yeah. this will only be a guess on your part, but we've had um, 18 official COVID deaths on this island. Do you think we would have had 18 deaths if these people had been allowed to have ivermectin? I don't believe one, not even one of them has received it. With, with early treatment, as I understand it, and you're, you can certainly ask your speakers, but with early treatment, I don't think that there has been a single documented death, right? And early treatment includes this panoply of uh, 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 nutraceuticals such as vitamin D, vitamin C, um, zinc, and quercetin, and also the antiviral agents, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. And then later on, if they get sick, um, they need steroids and aspirin and possibly uh, blood thinners. And I mean, there's even pretty good evidence that uh, an antiseptic nasal lavage decreases the symptoms now with uh, a, a low strength uh, iodine solution. So uh, much of this stuff is available to anyone in your island by going into the standard pharmacy and buying the, uh, um, the, the uh, over-the-counter zinc and so on. There, some of it needs to be prescribed. In many areas of the world, these things are over-the-counter. Well, the, and I'm talking about the drugs, which are prescription in the United States. Well, I know, for example, I caught COVID while, whilst I was in Mexico, and I took uh, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, and zinc, and uh, I was back to normal in three days. I had a cough for, for another 10 days, but I felt fine after three days of taking this. That's only me. Uh, but so out of these 18 deaths, you think there's a possibility that that none of them may have died. It's only it's only an opinion because there, there's no way to turn back the clock. But you think there's a possibility that none of them may have died had they been properly treated, uh, rather than let go until they were it was too late. Of course, and you are well aware of the initial recommendations from in the United States to quote shelter in place until you could hardly breathe, then go into the hospital and get these drugs that didn't work and get intubated. And the fatality rate from that was exceedingly high. So um, this, it, it's hard for an ordinary person to understand that we have a sea change in what's going on. This is no longer friendly government helping us. It is a, uh, a, a massive problem that we have to deal with somehow. And there, there are really evil players involved. It There's really a whole lot more to the story, and and your your speakers can address that much more eloquently than I. So, uh, apart from the COVID vaccines, what would be one of the most egregious examples from the past that that you could give us uh, for a, a, a drug that's caused more harm than good? Well, they they've uh, again. You can go straight to Wikipedia, and you can see the settlements. Uh, Pfizer at the time at one time had the record settlement for. Um, uh, a single drug, and it was uh, an anti-inflammatory that caused uh, uh, heart attacks. And I think it was $2.3 billion. Now, since then, there has been one settlement for $3 billion that eclipsed that. Now, in the rule of law in the United States, which has been lobbied against and uh, brought down in many ways by these medical corporations, um, the way that these guys can be... Uh, uh, prosecuted is advertising outside of the indicated use. Now, your listeners are probably aware that a doctor can prescribe any drug that's on the, the standard formulary um, for any indication as long as they have a reason. And this is not against the rules, uh, but to advertise these companies, to advertise these drugs for any kind of possible use, 
is uh, is against the law and they can get fined for it. And frankly, they should be thrown in jail. But our federal prosecutors don't seem to have the um, power to do that since the Enron days when they did jail a couple of the, the chief um, perpetrators of the Enron financial frauds. Uh, but now um, they, they get tapped on the wrist uh, with a, a multi-billion dollar fine, which they can easily pay out of their 30 to $60 billion gross revenues. And they all go back to doing whatever they're doing. And they promise never to do it again. And then, then there they go. And uh, we see another one the next year. So I, I saw mean, some data. I saw some data recently uh, on, on COVID and they were using Pfizer's own uh, research papers. And if you look far enough into the small print, and extrapolate their projected deaths, uh, uh, the deaths that they would save by the use of the vaccine. The number that Pfizer themselves predicted would be saved is actually many fewer than have, than have died from the vaccine itself. We've got what, 20,000 uh, deaths that we know about in the US and those are only the ones that have been reported. Have you seen that, that, that data and what do you have to so, say about it? So we have this um, vaccine reporting database in the United States called VAERS, vaccine something or other, and a similar database in Europe. And they underreport the number of deaths because they're voluntary reporting um, databases that people have to write up uh, a 20 or 30 minute book report to get the uh, data into the database. So the close observers of those databases claim that the death reports are at least five and probably 10 times less than are reported. So we could easily have had a couple hundred thousand deaths from the vaccine itself, right? And so, I mean, it's, it's a horrible situation. It's hard to believe how, that this ever could have happened. And the only benefit of the vaccine is two to four months of decreased severity in the illness itself, that's it. And the vaccine is not directed against later variants. It was only directed against the first variant. So it has no efficacy against this secondary and tertiary variants that we've seen, and certainly no efficacy against Omicron, which is- so they're, still, they're still pumping people full of these, these vaccines and subjecting those people to the risk, the literal risk of death. And yet those vaccines are going to have no effect on the current uh, variation, which is Omicron. It's-, it's uh, it's, a it's story like playing that, Russian roulette. You have, a, yeah. you, you have a chance of blowing your brains out, but there's no upside. It's a story that's hard to believe. And the young athletes are only part of the story, but there's something like 500 athletes worldwide that have collapsed on the playing field. And I mean, it's, it's an incredible thing. And each additional injection increases the chance of an adverse result, of a bad result, of sickness or death. Well, funny enough, I, one of my friends is a, is a sports agent here, and he happens to be Sergio Aguero's agent or one of his agents. And you may not know because Americans don't really follow football or what you would call soccer. But uh, Sergio is one of the most famous uh, football players here, and he's just had to retire prematurely after having his vaccine. And his agent, I asked his agent if, if, if he'd like to comment today. Uh, and he said, oh, we can't, you know, we'll, we'd be thrown out of football because they're fully on board with the whole vaccine uh, program, but he said, you know, off the record that, yeah, it was a vaccine injury and it ended Sergio's career. Uh, and uh, this, you hear the story over and over and over again, but no, they're, they're all afraid to talk. Well, the, now this is another part that your listeners are going to have hard time believing, but the international news is, has been co-opted by groups that 
essentially tell the same story over and over and many times in the exact same verbiage. And they get fed these, uh, and the, the small alternative media is the only place you can possibly find anything that might be reliable. I, I can't believe how, uh, how you know, Wikipedia, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube has all been, have all been co-opted. And you, your listeners may understand, have heard that Google's motto used to be do no evil, but it was changed recently to do the right thing, which means to censor as their leaders say. Um, so my, my uh, YouTube videos, which even if I'm completely wrong, why would there be any reason to take them down off of the media if there wasn't some truth to them? Mine get pulled off YouTube all the time when I bother with that. And we use an alternate platform called BitChute. So uh, it's, it's a sad, sad story. So I understand that uh, in the U.S., uh, only a very small, and this will be true universally, not just in the U.S., but the particular day that, uh, that I saw was U.S. data, that it was something on the order of only about 10% of the reported COVID deaths actually were 100% attributable to COVID. For example, it's so, it, it, it's so absurd that it defies the imagination. Someone could, someone could come into the hospital having been run over by a car uh, and and be tested for COVID on the, on his deathbed, test positive, and be put down as a COVID death. Now that that would seem improbable to say the least, if not impossible. But I understand that is actually what happens. Could you just give us a quick explanation of why that might happen? Well, the thing that again, your your listeners who understand little of this, who've been going about their lives, um, an international conspiracy or an international control seems impossible. But when you look around the world and you find out what's been going on in Austria and Germany and Australia and Canada, it does point to common cause. And um, in the United States and elsewhere, these power players have been suppressing news that the vaccine doesn't work. And we hate to speculate about the reasons why they're trying to vaccinate everyone. Some of the wilder speculations go into ideas about decreasing population and all this stuff. And certainly one of the, one of the best proofs that the vaccine is harmful is the overall death rate for Indiana as proven by the life insurance companies there has gone up 40% in 2021. That is a massive jump, in fact, by chance alone, it's impossible because they've never seen a jump like that in all their years that they've been in business. And I don't know, this company may go back, back a century, but you know, the variations in the fatality rate, um, uh, I mean, they, they're, they don't jump by 40%. So presumably the, va the VAX is uh, uh, to blame for this, but we well, don't know for sure. I understand, and I don't know what the figure is, but I understand that hospitals in, in the US have been financially incentivized to report any death as COVID that they, can, they could possibly make a, a, a colorable case for, i.e. my previous example. Somebody comes in and they've had their head smashed in from a motorcycle crash. They're clinging to life. They have another five minutes of life. They're tested positive and reported as a COVID death. Is that, could that actually, and has that sort of thing actually happened? Okay. And, how much so, money do the hospitals get for this? The hospitals get on average of $100,000 for each COVID diagnosis, therapy, and even death. And they get paid piecemeal for each of those things, diagnosis, different therapy. There's a therapy called remdesivir 
which is a failed antiviral therapy. And it has been, it has some sort of conditional approval for COVID, right? And the reason why it has a conditional approval for COVID is it does not work. Now wrap your head around that. It does not work. In fact, it kills 25% of the people who get it, who get it. So they, they, the hospitals get paid at every, every phase by the feds. And uh, so, I mean, this, this has just been a complete takeover of our supervisory and regulatory and uh, uh, functioning. And I mean, it's, it's, it's the craziest thing that's ever happened so, in my lifetime. One more Robert, thing, you, oh, sorry, you understand that the reason why ivermectin has been run down is if anyone admitted that it worked for COVID, they would immediately lose the ability to give an experimental vaccine. It would be against the rules. So they can't admit that anything works, despite the fact that this combination of drugs with, saves 85% plus of the people with the problem. Let's back up for, uh, on that question. I, I, and, and let me see if I understood what you're, what you're saying. You're saying that the exclusion that Pfizer and the other drug companies get uh, for, for promulgating this, this pseudo vaccine is based on the fact that there's no treatment that's viable. And if they admitted that ivermectin worked, they wouldn't have this experimental clearance to use an unproven and untested vaccine. So they have to, they have to downplay the effectiveness of anything, including ivermectin, in order to maintain their, their status uh, as dispensers of experimental drugs. Dispensers of the most profitable drug in history by a large margin right? The most, it's incredible. Um, now, I guess another question is, why do they use these vaccines on little kids? Why are they pushing that? It's so obviously ridiculous. The little kids, a hundred times more of them die from the vaccine than die from COVID. You know the answer to that. The, well, the, the, answer, the answer is that if they get it approved for pediatrics, and this even includes 17 and 16 year olds, the vaccine gets the liability relief applied permanently. They can't be sued, right? A third insane story. Why are the people coming across the border to America illegally not given the vaccine or offered the vaccine? And the answer to that is the same, that they don't get reliable, the companies don't get liability relief because these people aren't US citizens. There's no agreement in other countries to, to give them liability relief. Or most so of just to, clarify, just to clarify the, the liability relief, this is, um, this is the, the issue that Pfizer and, and their other drug company dispensers of COVID vaccines, uh, I, as far as I understand, for the first time in history, uh, are, are, cannot be sued for the deaths and damages done by th these particular vaccines. That wasn't the case with flu vaccines or any others, or am I wrong? You're wrong. They, this thing started a little earlier, um, but there, and I'm not, I'm a little hazy on the exact historical. Um, it is sound like good, like good idea at the time, but like many good ideas, it had perverse um, consequences. And flu vaccine incidentally is worthless. You can, any of your listeners can go to Cochrane Reviews and read the the summaries of the meta-analyses there. And that's, again, the most respected source in medicine. And for spending $100 billion worldwide or whatever was spent, um, they afford almost no protection or anything else. They don't kill people, though, very often. Yeah, my understanding is that you have to, you have to vaccinate 71 people with a flu vaccine to spare one case. Maybe yeah. spare four hours of symptoms. It's, it's worse than that. And they, there's, it's never been proven to decrease the number of pneumonias or the other fatal diseases that ensue after a f influenza. 
but in, in, at least in, in this case, presumably there's the same element of corruption involved, um, where where there are people getting paid money to look the other way at the lack of efficacy of the flu vaccine. But at least, as you say, it doesn't kill people, which isn't true of the COVID vaccine, to say the least. I, I read that Britain, um, that the pharmaceutical company promoting the flu vaccine threatened to withdraw its operations from Britain if they didn't cooperate. Now, that may have been a rumor, but it's the power of these companies is is profound and they're they're finding we have showered money on the healthcare industry, particularly on the pharma companies. You know what Pfizer's profit margins are? They're 40% a year the last five years. Now, anyone who's a businessman understands that 10% profit margins are tremendous profit margins. But in this industry, somehow they've gotten up to 40%. And this year, since they have a drug that's selling, you know, I mean, $50 billion worth for Pfizer alone or $40 billion worth, and they don't need to do any advertising or development anymore. Um, it's all gravy. Now, a lot of people would listen to what you're saying and come to the conclusion that you were simply anti-vax. Are you against all vaccines? What about the polio vaccine, the, the smallpox uh, vaccine? Surely some of these have saved countless lives. Well, obviously the um, history of vaccines has been maybe the greatest success story in medicine. And they're, they're remarkable and they, they've done enormous good. Uh, but these guys haven't developed a, anything that really had a net benefit for at least 20 and maybe 30 years. Um, the HPV vaccine is that half the studies were concealed. Um, the flu vaccine is worthless. Can I just back up to the uh, HPV yeah. vaccine? Because uh, by amazing coincidence, I've had a, a letter through from my son's school last week saying that they were in about another week going to, they didn't even say we're asking your permission. They just announced matter of factly that they're going to give every, every kid in the school, boy and girl, this HPV vaccine. What's your view on that? Well, I don't think it has the potential to damage kids that the COVID vaccines have. So I don't think this is as burning an issue. But okay. you, you have to understand that when half the data is concealed, you can absolutely make the firm conclusion that it showed that stuff didn't work, right? I mean, that's it's it's like it's like you know these companies have lied to us over and over and over again. Why would we ever assume that anything they say is is going to be true and and right? So I you know I don't think this is a burning issue for your children but I don't think it's going to do them any good and it may do them some harm there. There, yeah, there are some adulterants in, in vaccines such as mercury and thimerosal that are not good for anyone. They accumulate the mercury mercury has been demonstrated to accumulate in the brain and the, the, to get into the weeds on this is maybe further than you want to go on this uh, podcast, but um, the, the curves of disease decline have not been impacted at all by vaccines. In other words, the vaccines were introduced at a certain point in the curve and the, the curve was already on the, on the way down for these diseases. So they're much less effective than anybody gives them credit for. The modern iterations, that wouldn't include some of the more successful vaccines in it, history. Obviously. It includes virtually all the vaccines. In other words, the, the diseases were declining because of public health measures. And at the point the, disease, the vaccine was introduced, um, it didn't alter the curve. Does that make sense? So yeah. I, I certainly wouldn't, um, I'm, I'm not into the weeds about the older vaccines, but these modern vaccines are pure and simple money grabs.
Yeah, I guess the biggest disadvantage of the COVID one over the flu one, for example, uh, is that it doesn't it hasn't killed 100,000 people uh, right. to use a, a rough number. Um, I have a, another question for you. We, we now know the sordid history of Pfizer and the billions they paid in so-called criminal penalties. But I no have so-called I they're criminal settlements and yeah, also the, criminal and criminal losses in court. But the thing, the thing that I find amusing is they can call it criminal, but but nobody goes to jail, so it's really civil, isn't it? If no, no, one, if no, no they're not civil. They they they're not civil. Their federal prosecutors take them down. They have also paid many, many, many huge, a huge amount of money, and and I don't want to say billions, but it's they're they're constantly paying off civil suits. Civil suit is a private suit by a private individual or group. Uh, the, civil, the, the criminal thing is brought by a prosecutor, and these are much right. more serious. But as a practical matter, if you're if you're Pfizer and you make, let's say, on the um, on the COVID vaccine, 50 billion, which is probably not a million miles away, let's say they make 50 billion in, in due course, and ultimately they end up having to pay a 10 billion criminal penalty. No one goes to jail. How is that any different than a civil fine? It's just a business decision. We'll make 50, we'll pay 10 in fine, and away we go. Nobody's lost uh, their freedom. So to me, it has the effect. Uh, of, of being a civil penalty. So it, it's nice to be able to say that they're, they've been convicted criminally, but they basically get off scot-free. They only have to pay a percentage of their profits back um, to the government in fines. So I, I find that- That's that, accurate. I, I find that, that's I find accurate. that particularly onerous. However, uh, it, were the liability protection stripped, um, their net worth, their entire gross revenues and everything else would be taken apart by the the criminal occurrences that have, have happened. And if it can be proven, and it looks like it may be proven that these entities acted with a knowledge of forethought, it's, it's, they're vulnerable to triple damages and all kinds of other US things, if our courts are honest and true, which is another question. So in your, just to sort of summarize now, uh, in your view, have the vaccines probably killed more people than they've realistically saved? That's the, that's the cons growing consensus. That's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. And we don't want to call them vaccines because as you noted, they provide no immunity. They provide no protection against spread. And they probably make it, the people who are vaccinated probably are more likely to spread the disease than others vaccinated we yeah. shouldn't even call it vaccinated we should call it the unvaccine or the the jab or the clot shot that's what i like to call it because and thrombosis it, is such a common event you know thrombosis well, we a, or clotting we had a 20 year old uh in our hospital here in guernsey a few weeks ago with myocarditis just at the day after he'd had his vaccine and what would the what would the odds be of a 20 year old getting myocarditis uh through, through the, the normal course of events it'd be next to zero next to zero and so it's always hard to establish causality that the, the, the disease is caused by the shot, right? If you drop dead when you're sitting there in the chair, then you can pretty well assume that it's caused by the shot. Half of them are die within 48 hours, and then a lot of them die later. Um, the myocarditis rates in the United States have gone up from the hundreds overall to the thousands. And to establish that these were all related to the vaccine, well, it's a, pretty, it's a pretty nice coincidence that we're doing the vaccines and that they do cause myocarditis. Myocarditis is a problem, what? I was just gonna say, you know, that the apologists for the vaccine would, would use that argument every time. Well, you couldn't prove 
that it was the vaccine that caused myocarditis. And I could say the following, I could hit you over the head with a croquet mallet. And if you had a headache the next day, I could say, well, you can't prove it was me hitting you on the head. You might've had the headache anyway. That sounds like you're a plaintiff's lawyer yeah, or a defense lawyer. Right. <laughs> at some point, the common sense has to enter the equation. And if you give a 20 year old kid the, the COVID vaccine and he's in the hospital with permanent heart injury now, less than 24 hours later, you would have to be the most egregious con artist on behalf of the drug industry to say that there, to say that there wasn't a, a connection between the two. And that, and that isn't a, an isolated incident. Uh, we had five people in the hospital in the course of a week on a small island of 60 to 5,000. We had five people with myocarditis in the hospital in one week uh, following uh, the jab. Myocarditis actually involves the destruction of heart muscle cells, and those do not regenerate, just like the lung the lung cells do not regenerate. So it's permanent injury. 25% of the myocarditis cases go on to serious problems, hospitalization, fatality, and the 75%, uh, you know, apparently recover. But my guess is that all of them have some compromised function that'll show up later. So we've had, we've had the death the death totals exaggerated grotesquely by the financial incentive these hospitals have been given to call it anyone who dies of anything who happens to be positive at the time for COVID, a COVID death. I mean, things. One was a brain tumor, one was some sort of Alzheimer related, and they all tested positive for COVID. Um, so they, they all three had COVID put on their death certificate, even though they all were on their, they, they were all weeks from death anyway. Uh, so you can't really trust these, these death numbers and the proofs in the pudding that the total deaths in the UK last year were really not much higher than they, they've ever been. In fact, they were lower than they'd been 10 years ago. No, uh, the, uh, the overall death rate in the world, as I understand it, in 2020 was identical to the year before, you know, and they were, this is before the vaccine and COVID had sort of harvested some of the people that were due to die in the next three months to a year. So the total death rates didn't seem to go up at all. They didn't go up. And in 2021, at least by the measure of this insurance company, which is a huge, huge sample size, they're up 40% in, in, this, in this state, in Indiana, in the United States, probably in the whole country. So it's, it's a very bad sign and it implicates if not completely convicts the vaccine program. And you know, the interesting thing I found about COVID is the average age of COVID, uh, the last time I heard it, it may have changed by a year or two, uh, was 78. That's the average age. That's in the of, United uh, States. It's yeah. older in other countries, yeah. Uh, and you know, for just by way of comparison, uh, in the days of smallpox, which was what, 50 times more deadly on a percentage basis, do you know what the average age of death was for smallpox? I don't know, 20? 20. 28. 20, yeah. So that's an actual pandemic when you have people in their 20s dying, uh, you know, where you have people of, uh, of 80 who already had comorbidities, uh, who probably would have died that year anyway, in many cases, not all, but many. Um, would you even categorize this as a pandemic by, the, by those criteria? Well, I, I'm not an expert on what is a pandemic and what isn't a pandemic, but this, the whole thing, were it treated properly, would have been a nothing burger. That's what we call yeah. it in California. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think on that note, uh, we'll close. And thank you. Do you have a copy of your book to hold up? Oh, well, that's very kind of you, Russell. <laughs>
There it is, butchered by healthcare. By this, Robert Yoho, MD. This is the history proceeding. If if people don't believe that any of this could be true, the, this book will explain how the pharmaceutical companies backflipped and did all this stuff before. It just wasn't as blatant and entitled. Yeah, fully understood. Robert, uh, thank you very much. Uh, we on Guernsey appreciate your time. And maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll see you riding a real bicycle around the island one day instead of doing it on Google uh, Google Roadmap. All right. Thanks so okay. much, Russell. Thanks a lot, Robert. Bye. Bye. Okay. So okay. Um, let me let me I cut it off. Hang on.